Shalom, shalom. Hey, hey there, everybody. You're listening to Exercising Your Faith podcast, and I am your co-host, Anita Armstrong. At this very moment, I am back in Texas. We took about 30 hours to get back from Philadelphia all the way back to Texas. And when I was there, I had a pretty good time. We didn't get a chance to do a whole lot of stuff. We were there visiting family and just really relaxing and just enjoying an opportunity to take a break. I encourage you to do the same thing whenever you get a chance to. When the break comes, when the time to take a break comes, take it because it may be a a long haul before you're able to take another break. So while we were there, I did a lot of sleeping in. And then once I woke up and started my day, I did a little bit of work. And then sometimes I went and took a nap again. Like I just really, really enjoyed being able to rest whenever I wanted to. There was no time frame. We didn't have a schedule. And that was what I really loved. When you take a vacation, it's nice to not have a schedule. And so while I was in Philadelphia, there were some things I want to share with you that I enjoyed. One was that it wasn't so hot. You know, Texas is super hot, right? So when we were there, I literally was in jeans and a t-shirt most of the time. I wasn't really cold, I would say, but it was nice just to have a cooler temperature. The sun wasn't beaming. It was cloudy every single day. Uh, rained here and there, like showered, rained throughout the day. But again, I was staying inside. And then I went and had a pretzel, right? Everybody talks about, oh, the pretzel, the food, all that stuff down there. I had this pretzel and I was not impressed. Um, I just wasn't. I was like, I this was, you know, I was just like, I thought this was supposed to, you know, my mouth was supposed to have this music playing when I ate it. And like, I was expecting this whole thing, but it just tasted like a pretzel down the street. Nothing special with that. And then when I went to the store, we did have to go get some groceries. And when we got there, the prices were about two or three dollars, about $2 more. I was shocked about that, but they did have some varieties that I didn't have back home. So I did like to try some different things there. And then I drove, right? Two times while I was there, I drove and the traffic is totally different. There were like lanes that, a lot of one-way roads, a lot of lanes that just went one way. And then like there were sometimes you had crossing guards and it was just very different, very busy. Lots and lots of people walking around all the time. A lot of people said that they didn't really have cars because there wasn't anywhere to park, you know? So a lot, there was a lot of public transportation that's different. That's something that I don't see in Texas very much. Um, we even have transportation in the city I live in where it runs from like nine to five and not on the weekends. So they had transportation 24 hours there. I'm like, people catch the bus, the train, whatever you want to call it. They say all day long, like it's constantly going. Last but not least, the houses, right? Or the townhomes they lived in. I thought they were apartments or, you know, I wasn't sure kind of like, you know, I, um, where we were, one of the people we were visiting, they kept saying that they can't wait to sell their house or sell their home or whatever. And I was thinking they lived in an apartment, but what it was, was like a town home or I guess a, we would call it like a duplex here in Texas, but it was like a town home and they owned it. And it was, it was narrow, went straight up. And then right next door was another family. There was rows and rows of these 
hot homes, I'll call it that homes. And they had like a little piece of backyard and like a little storage unit. I mean, it was, I thought it was actually kind of cute because as I'm getting older and when I get older, I'm not gonna need a lot of space. So I was like, that's perfect. I was already thinking of like a duplex type thing, but I'm talking about like in 20 years, but that was nice. And I asked and they said that was a town home. So that was really nice. So when I went to Philly, those, those are some of the things that I learned, liked and experienced. And we were in North Philly, I believe. Were we in North Philly? We were in North Philly visiting. So they said like in South Philly, or I'll just say the opposite, wherever I was at, they said the opposite was more of a calm area, nicer area. The area we were in visiting, it was it was more city, it was more crime, I would say. And you know, everybody was like, watch your back, don't talk to everybody. It was one of those, so it was very different. So one day, maybe I'll return, but I would probably want to have a little bit more time and probably fly so I can do a little bit more, but it was really nice for our first trip. So today I want to share with you about May being Mental Health Awareness Month. And so when I was doing a little research in reference to spirituality, mental health, you know, in the world, there's so much crazy going on. Talking about sexual gender, talking about guns and talking about laws. And there's so much that's going on. And I think it's really important that we do have a mental health awareness month. I don't remember hearing about things like this when I was younger in high school and growing up. I don't think mental health was widely spoke about. Maybe it was more of a quiet hush hush type thing. And I don't know where you are. If, if that's what you're experiencing, especially in other countries, I don't know how that is, but I was really surprised and happy, I guess, in a way that it is widely spoken spoken about where I am at. It is a conversation, people are having conversations and discussing things more openly. It could be done better. I always can say we can always do better, but the fact that it's not shunned and quiet and pushed under the rug and a quiet thing, a secret and all of that, I think that's really great. So when mental health began, began to be discussed and spoken about as far as trying to do better, providing medications, providing cures, providing uh, a, a way of life that is satisfying to an individual that struggles with that. It happened around the 1940s. It didn't happen until before then it was these, I would hear the term insane asylums. If they thought anything was different or wrong with you, they, they got rid of you. They, they took you to an orphanage or something like that. And so uh, things have changed. Things have definitely changed. And areas where a lot of people struggle in mental health, there's four categories that are the main ones and it covers so many things, right? So one of them is acceptance. When you're talking about mental health and, and someone that struggles, sometimes a lot of the times you will hear that they say they don't fit in, that they didn't fit in at home, that they don't have a place where they feel safe. Um, whether it be gender issues, color ish, skin color, uh, medical disabilities, whatever it may be, a lot of people who 
feel like they have medical, um, sorry, um, mental health as a concern, they talk about acceptance. Another is hope. They feel hopeless. They just struggle with going through day to day, being excited about it and planning for the next day. They're just hopeless. They, they're, they're looking for hope. They want hope. They feel like they don't have hope. They felt like they've lost hope. Now you couple that with acceptance. You can have, you can have, you can be struggling in a lot of different areas when you're dealing with mental health. And I think it's important that we are aware of that. We are aware of what someone could be struggling with. It could be a huge, a huge element in getting them help or just even being friends or if you have family members identifying and helping that person because sometimes people who are going through don't have the language. They don't know the words. They don't know what questions to ask. They don't know what to say because they're going through it and they've never gone through it before. So a lot of us, we tend to, when I say that, I'm talking about Christians, we tend to look at mental health as a sin, as you have no faith. You need to, you know, we, we come in scolding. And when you think about how would God respond? No, that's not how God would respond to that. I, I truly believe God would say, well, one, let's talk about it. You know, prayer, let's talk about it. Let me know what your concerns are. And then I truly believe God would put in, you know, parameters for help, whether it's him healing or people that could help or opportunities for blessings to flow. So it's really important that we don't just jump on people when they are struggling with things. And I understand I've been one where I didn't know that's what it was. I didn't realize until years later that that person, they didn't have the language. That's why I said that they didn't know to say, well, sometimes I, they were afraid to say that, you know, sometimes they hear things that other people don't hear. Sometimes they see things that other people don't see. And back then I was just like, get your life together and let's keep it rolling. Get, keep it moving. I didn't see what they saw. I didn't feel what they felt. So I didn't leave room for a possibility of something being different. So now looking back on that, I'm like, wow, I'm grateful that nothing terrible happened, but I could have pushed somebody to a place where they were worse off because I didn't understand. I didn't recognize. I didn't know it wasn't discussed. It wasn't something that was, was mentioned, brought up because it was one of those, if you bring it up, you're going to the fifth floor and you're going to lose all your benefit. You know, it was like, you have a lot to lose. If you admit that you were having some type of mental concern, another category is purpose and meaning. A lot of people who suffer with mental health, they struggle with having purpose or finding their purpose and understanding what their meaning in life is. A lot of us without mental health issues struggle with that. Amen. And the last one that I'm going to share is forgiveness. Forgiveness. I've seen a lot, especially dealing with the military, I've seen a lot of people break dealing with forgiveness, especially if there was life lost. You know, you're on a mission, you're on a, you're on a convoy, you're on a, on a assignment and something happens and they take on the responsibility of why this thing happened and they have a hard time forgiving themselves and then they start to just decline. They're, they just, their brain just, it's like they're, they're, they just punish themselves and they're, and they're just going downward. 
continuously every day they keep blaming themselves and you can look at forgiveness as in I have a hard time or they have a hard time forgiving someone for hurting them and it puts them in a place of I know a lady who I don't know what happened she doesn't really explain much she doesn't talk about it much but she has a big issue with feeling safe she goes through extreme measures that for her to feel safe when we hang out or when we talk or whatever I realized that I'm learning this after like five years that she's always looking around behind me. If we're talking, she's always looking, why is that car stopping? Who's that over there? And I'm thinking to myself, they're just checking the mail. But I stopped doing that because to her, it is a concern and she has to be able to function and process that in her mind, however she has to do it so that she feels safe. And so I'm learning, I'm learning as I go. And I'm just grateful that I can share that with you in hopes that you can help somebody else too. So when you find out what makes you feel peaceful, you know, when you're dealing, when, if you feel like you're a person that has some mental concern or just mental health, just, just even just taking a break. You know, when I talked about the trip, like mental health is important, like self-care. Okay. That's important. It's very important. I know plenty of people who neglect themselves to the point where then they start to become overwhelmed and tired. They're normally neglecting themselves because they're so busy doing everything else. And so they become tired, they become fatigued, they become bitter, they become angry, they become grumpy, intolerable. And so a lot of the times you have to just take a break. We all have mental what I say, we all have a mind, we all have a mental, I don't want to call it a person, but a mental, uh, psyche, you know, that we all have, we all have a place where in a time where we need to just separate and take care of ourselves. We all need what I call mental health days. Like I'm just, I just need to focus on my mental health, you know, and I'm okay with saying that if need be. And so a one way that you can help your mental health, your mental health is to find out what makes you feel peaceful. Find out what makes you feel loved and connected and strong. Find out. Some of us just don't know. We don't make time for it. We, we haven't been exposed to it. We haven't experienced anything different. Take time out to find out what makes you happy. Read inspirational books or listen to inspirational audio, such as sermons, uh, speakers, interviews, videos, in the garage a few days ago, I found an old radio. I found like two or three of them with a CD player and everything. And I actually have some CDs of like financial health, you know, beings, um, uh, what was another one? Uh, building, building your leadership skills. Um, just some of it is just music. Some of it's honestly, I was a cosmetologist at one point had the license and everything and one 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 of them was talking about just talking you through a simple haircut and I've started cutting hair again that that's one thing that I wasn't trying to do but one of my uh, friends she's an older lady and she does not want to really go outside into the malls into the salon and stuff unless she absolutely has to she doesn't feel safe, right? So she'll ask me when I come over and visit, you know, like every two weeks or so, if I could cut her hair, little old white lady. And so I cut her hair and I'm just like, huh, look at that God. I got these little video, I mean, these little uh, CDs. I have some DVDs too. VCR, I still have a VCR, I still have a DVD player. 
And so I've been looking at and listening to the little DVDs because I said, well, I want to make sure I give her the best haircut I can give her, you know. And so I find it's like art for me. I'm relaxed when I when I'm doing it. At first, I was a little nervous, but it's it brings me comfort. And so you may find something like that by listening to to some type of recording and then also pray, pray alone or pray in groups. Amen. Um, Dedicate quiet time to just listen. I love that. I love to just go out in nature and just sit. And I'm talking about nature. I'm not talking too far from the house. I'm not a nature girl. I'm just saying I just like to go outside and just breathe in the air and close my eyes or leave them wide open and just stare at the sky and just look at the different shapes that come by. And I just listen and just whatever God wants to share with me. Also walking outside in nature specifically, it was stated that nature helps you to relax and to calm down and you're not listening to the cars and the honking horns and lawnmowers and people talking just to get out on a nature trail and just walk. My sister loves to go hiking. I'm not an outside person, but I don't mind going hiking every so often. It's different. And I think a a change in scenery is very helpful for our mental psyche. Also, you can get involved in community, like doing what what you love doing or learning something new. I have so many stories, right? So last week I went and took a therapeutic art class. And you know, I teach art and things of that nature. So when we were going through the class, it was nice to be the student. And it was nice to hear the instructions she gave that were very different from mine. And when we were creating, we had no intentional, we had no nothing, we didn't have a picture in our face saying, this is what you're trying to replicate, because that can be stressful. She just gave us instructions and said, make patterns on your paper. Now use water and do this and this and this and that, and don't worry about what it looks like. And it ended up being a really nice piece when we were all done. We had no idea we were gonna be traveling down that road. And it was just really nice. So that was that was a nice little art class. And that was a community class at the public library at no cost. It was free. And the teacher said that it was uh, therapeutic for her to give the class. And the ones that were there were like, hey, we're just trying to, you know, get do something different and, and find a place of peace and do art. Amen. And so mental health is not mentioned in the Bible. We're going to get to that part. Mental health isn't mentioned in the Bible, that word, right? Like I said, until the 1940s, it wasn't really even discussed. But we do see that King Saul was thought to suffer from depression. Depression comes up a lot, not specifically that word, but what we call clinical depression and what it sounds like when we read those scriptures dealing with Hannah also, she was severely depressed about, you know, her child, you know, she wasn't able to bear a child and, and she had wanted that from God and prayed. And there was a time when they thought she was drunk in the church, but no, she was so grief stricken and so sad that she had not yet bore a child and she was praying. That's what she was doing, but they thought it was that she was possessed or something had overcome or she got drunk, but no, Hannah was extremely depressed. Okay. Then we can even talk about the boy when he had the legions of demons, you know, and there's other, other instances in the Bible when, when, uh, someone could say, well, maybe that person had schizophrenia, what we call schizophrenia today. You know, a lot of the terms we use today are different from what's in the Bible, even locations in the Bible and cities and, and towns and things of, uh, that you find in the Bible 
today they're still there we just call them something different so that bible that you read that bible that i read has people in there that needed to take mental health days that took mental health days that had mental illnesses that that suffered that had family members that suffered from mental attacks and and so nothing the bible says or we say that there's nothing new in the bible everything that's happened in the bible just repeats it's just a new time and a new and new people doing old ancient type things amen Before I close, I just want to share that as Christians, we need to make sure that we pray for us. We're not exempt. Just because we're Christians doesn't mean that we're exempt. And we need to pray for other people who are suffering with anxiety, suffering with depression, schizophrenia, and other mental issues. We need to, as a a Christian community, have a better understanding and deal with people in love in a lot of different things, but especially with, you know, with May being mental health awareness, that's what brought to, to my attention that there are people out there who are looking for compassion. They're looking for sympathy even. They're looking for somebody to just talk to and just be available when you can. And I'm not saying you have to agree with everything and I'm not saying that you have to put yourself in danger. I've, I've seen it where some people need medication and if they're not on medication, they're kind of violent or, you know, I've seen simple, I've seen mild, I've seen severe, I've seen chaotic, I've seen all kinds of different things, but it all goes back to love. It all goes back to prayer. It all goes back to trusting God. And if you are a person and you are listening and you feel that you suffer from mental illness and maybe you are a Christian person and you've been dealing with mental health concerns all your life yet you are still a Christian no it is not a sin no you are not less or worthy or less worthy than the next person you are an amazing being you are going through we all go through things and you are doing the best that you can I just encourage you to continue to learn about what it is that you're dealing with and be able to make the best decisions that you can make in regards to how you want to address your concern there's counselors out there medication whatever it may be get in position so that you can get the help that you need we've come a long way we've come a long way with technology we've come a long way with studies and we've come a long way with medicines and so if that is something that would help you to live better i encourage you to do that i encourage you to pray about it and i encourage you to seek spiritual counsel and then i encourage you to make the best decision and choice that will help you to live your best life amen well that's what i have for today thank you for listening thank you for allowing me to share my heart with you and i know that god is working out he's working in and he's working through us you all be blessed and continue to take down the giants until next time shalom